I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. And we have, we have just Eddie. It's Eddie Sauer. Needed to France. Eric Murray. It's Mahi Drysdale. It is Sir Matthew Vinson. Thank you for being here. I'm Alex Del Sordo's Choice, and this is another podcast. And I think it's like 99, 98, or almost, almost at 100. And I'm talking to somebody who I've known a very, very long time. When I say very long time, I mean like well over 10 years. And the whole topic of today is journeyman. This is a man who said to himself a long time ago, we're going to get into it. I want to make rowing my career. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he has done it. And he's gone from the lowest of the low high school level to now at the collegiate level. This is Corey Consimus of the men and women head coach of Oklahoma City University. Corey, my man. Thank you for this today. I, love, I can't wait to talk your, your whole history here. Thanks, Alex. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since we've last talked. It's been, it's been, it's been a, a hot minute, man. Um, but, you know, I do this with everyone. And I want to know where you were, how old were you when you took that first rowing stroke? Freshman year of college. I walked onto my team at American University in D.C. And I haven't put down the oar since. <laughs> <laughs> so American University, like a lot of people don't even realize you have a, as a program, you know, American University doesn't really compete all that much. I don't even know if, they, if, if it exists even today. Um, how big of a team was that? Like, what, what was the, the makeup of that program? My freshman year, it was like 60 some athletes. We were huge. Right. It was the club sport on campus. Um, and that, I mean, that drew me to it. Like the team atmosphere was great. Uh, How long ago was that? What, what year was that? What year was I that? started fall 2005. And <laughs> you're right. Now it's like, is there a team? I see occasional posts about it on social media. And yeah. it's like, there's like 10 athletes now. Um, but nothing like what we had my first two years there. I mean, we were a very competitive team. My sophomore year, we had a lightweight four, heavyweight four that were competitive at dad bales and we were going places and then it fell apart. What were you doing before college in, in athletics? I mean, you're, you're, you're not a huge guy, right? So everyone watching or listening in, you're, you're that lightweight structure. You're, you're, your frame is more of a lightweight. So what were you doing like pre-rowing? Golf was my big sport growing up. I, you know, golfed since I could probably walk. Um, and I had figured I would go to college and continue golfing, um, but things altered, changed paths, and changed sports. You know, I'd, I've done other sports. Basketball is my other main sport, but yeah. I'm glad that I got into rowing. So why did? How did? So with American, I'm always really interested in like club sports, right? So how did you find rowing? Like, what was it? At, what was going on on campus that you're like, yeah, I should try that flyer on the bulletin board in my dorm um that's the best way to get an athlete that's the best way to get an athlete flyer on the dorm being being a high school athlete you know I wanted to continue with something so you know anything that was going to catch my attention there was right there where did you grow up Minnesota so midwest born raised and ended up on the east coast why why American then like what was so appealing to American University you know, I never visited or anything beforehand. Um, I was a small town, lived on a farm growing up. Um, and my English teacher started my 11th grade year of high school. She's like, you need to check out this school. It'd be a great place for you. Wow. Um, and I think it was one of maybe two schools that I applied to. Um, so I really didn't apply to a lot of places, um, and it just kind of all fell into place, decided to go there. My friend from the year before had went out and went to George Washington, mm -hmm. so it was kind of like I knew the city, I knew someone out there, um, so kind of just stepped in blind. I never was out in D.C. before, um, I moved out there for college. What drew you, um, well, let me get into that in a second. So you do American, you guys are a good, good club team competitive so 05 to 09 is your your four years I met you shortly after that I met you like 2010 um down at Thompson's Boat Center so 
So, so tell everyone, like what happened? You graduate American and you jump right into coaching. So like, what was going on at that time in your life? Well, I think, you know, after my sophomore year, I got into sculling a little bit more and coxing. So I coxed for Potomac Boat Club the summer of my sophomore year of college, um, which was, you know, a whole new experience jumping into the coxing seat with these, you know, former national team rowers and college guys. And by the way, they're all assholes. It's like, oh, my God, they want it their way. I know exactly the era that you were there. Like, oh, God. It was a fun time. I, I enjoyed it. I walked away from some practices not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> That's awesome. So so what an, an interesting time to be in D.C. That like 06, 07, Potomac Boat Club had a lot of competitive, like you said, national team, former national team guys. Um, Riley Dampier, I believe, was starting to get into that cycle of that late 2000s into 2010 so sculling, like you're finding it. This is awesome, right? Like, so what, again, like, how did you find the coaching at that point in your career? So it was, you know, I put a lot of it in my sophomore year spring. Um, our lightweight four was fast and our fourth guy ended up um, in the hospital um, and we no longer had a boat. Um, he was diagnosed as a diabetic um and you know the other two guys him and I were both sophomores um the other two guys were seniors um so it kind of ended our season short um but I stuck with it and rode in the coaching launch with my coach at the time um and I knew then that I wanted to get into coaching um and you know just kind of getting into coxing right after that gave me kind of multiple perspectives of it um so my senior year of college I ended up um, switching and co coaching our novice uh, men and women's programs because we were short coaches, which is often the case at the club level. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say you're preaching. I mean, that that happens like on a weekly basis with our little sport, right? Um, so like the senior becomes the novice coach and then you spend one or two years after still with the program. Wow. So you, so wow. So your fourth guy in this boat out, he couldn't do it. Right. So, so God struck him and said, sorry, man, not happening. And then boom, you go, you jump in the coach's launch and you're observing rowing from a completely different seat. It, it was tough though, going from rowing every morning to sitting in the launch. Like, yeah. why am I waking up at 4am to do this? Who was, who was the coach uh, that you guys had back then? Uh, it was Brendan Murphy. He had rowed at Colgate and came in and uh, amazing coach like I learned so much from him and like he's the one that really kind of made me realize that rowing was something I wanted to stick with oh wow so he was so shout out to Brendan Murphy um okay so then what so you graduate American what was your degree at American I was all over the place um so I graduated with a double major in history and communications um, mm -hmm. kind of focusing on sports journalism sports history yeah. Um, and then I was one class away from a major in health promotions as well. So I had a wide variety of stuff. Did you use any of those degrees after college? No, not not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, I was a marketing intern for the Washington Nationals for two years. Hey, um, you know what? That's a heck of a job. All right. That's a heck of a job. And they actually just moved. What, in 08, they had moved to that new stadium. They had just changed over. So I kind of finished up when they were just leaving RFK and then made the transition over. So I was part of that transition. Oh, that had to be a lot of fun, right? It was a very memorable moment. Really enjoyable. Holy cow. Okay, so I, I want to know, like, what got you into high school coaching? Because that's where you spent a lot of your career. Yeah, I mean, I, so after, well, the spring of my senior year, I was, coxing at Potomac and kind of kept with that that summer I was given the opportunity to move to Florida to get into coaching um and I was like yeah like this sounds awesome you know who could turn down an opportunity to coach um so I moved down picked you know packed up my vehicle and went down to Tampa Florida um and started coaching at the high school level so that was your first, your, your first big move. That's one of many, by the way, that we're going to get into. So you, you went from DC to Tampa because someone offered you a job and you're like, yeah, absolutely. Packed your car up and went, wow. 
That's uh... well, I had I had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I, I really didn't. I got down there, you know, head coach role. Um, you know, the other coach that was supposed to be coaching alongside me, her husband was a NFL player um, and got traded right before the season. So it was going in blind um, completely, you know, brand new coach, brand new place, no assistant. What are we doing? <laughs> did you, did you have any like support from anybody on this decision to go down there? Did, did people say, Hey, I'm, call me if you need my, if you need me. No, um, it was just a very wild choice. Like let's go do it. <laughs> I mean, okay. You know, if this is so funny, Corey, I, I, okay. What about your parents? I mean, did they, you have these double degrees, double major, you know, you go from American university and you're like, mom and dad, I'm going to go to Florida and coach. Like, were they supporting you on this? I think it was tough for them. Um, they're like, why aren't you going into something in your field? Um, yes. But it was, hey, sports have always been a big part of my life. Why not take this opportunity? So you you go all the way down to Tampa, and 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 what was the team? Who did you who did you coach at that time? Uh, Hillsborough High School. Uh, I know Hillsborough, Hillsborough River. Yeah. Um, you know it was great. You know the team was very successful at the time, and everything kind of coming in, really fun to get into. You know high school level, and they were an IB school, um, so that was nice to kind of work with that because I liked their focus on academics as well as athletics. So, okay, so you get to Hillsboro. When, now this is, at this point, is this when you move back up to D.C.? Yeah, so I was I was down there until November, and I've, I missed um, kind of all the connections I had in D.C., you know, from working at Potomac to everyone that I graduated with was still around the area. Um, so I ended up heading back up north and was lucky enough to land a coaching job up there right away once I moved up there, so... Um, Got, got right back into it. I never really missed a beat. So that's so funny. So you were only down there for a really short period of time. Yep. Uh, I mean, from July through Thanksgiving. How much did that play? You said you had no family, friends down there. It was kind of new. Everyone was back up, you know, a thousand miles away from you. That Was that the reason you left? Because you just didn't have that, the friends and the family connection down there? I mean, I think that played a role um, and I just felt out of place, you know, just getting shoved into the head coaching position and, you know, I mean, you were like really 20, you were 22 years old. You were 22 years old, right? I, okay. So now, now, now this is where I meet you. So this is fall, spring, 2010, 2009, 10, right? 2010. Yeah. It would have been spring of 2010. Yeah. So then who did you, who did you start coaching with then? Uh, I moved when I moved up there. I was working at W.T. Woodson High School um, in Virginia, Fairfax, yep. um, down at the Aquaquan. So my days would be, you know, coxing in the mornings at Potomac, and then um, I worked at Panera, and then worked headed down to the Aquaquan to coach in the afternoons. Isn't isn't that a funny thing? How our sport pays almost nothing, you know, at the high school level, especially like in the Virginia area. So you had to work at a Panera just to get by. I mean. Talk about a grind. Was that was that just it was a choice you had to make, right? There was no other choice. You had to make the money to, to survive. I mean, DC, you know, cost of living is pretty pretty expensive there. So yeah, I mean, I had to have another job with it that would be flexible with my hours because I wasn't giving up the rowing in the morning and I wasn't going to give it up in the afternoon either. So you know, I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate or understand the commitment. You're you're waking up to go to Potomac, is it? on the water at 5.30, which means you have to be there at like 5.10, right? So you are up at 4.30 in the morning, maybe earlier. You're at Potomac for two and a half hours. You clean up, you go to Panera. You work there for about seven hours and you coach a bunch of high school snot-nosed brats from 3.30 to 7.30 at night. Is that kind of your every day for six days a week? Yeah, pretty much dead on and then spend, you know, two hours in DC traffic trying to get back home because I lived in DC. So it was, you know, getting back from the Occupon was not easy. So then what is, so then how long did that, because you, you, you were shortly, you were there at WT for a bit because you did go to uh, Thompson's, 
right? So like, yeah, what's so I was, I was at Woodson for that spring. Um, and then Linda Del Castillo reached out to me and was like, I'm starting up this new program at St. John's. Do you want to help out? Um, and I, I learned so much at WT Woodson from Ashley and the other coaches there um, that I was like, okay, you know, I think I can kind of come over and assist you. Um, it was kind of weird, you know, another position where I thought I was going into this, uh, an assistant and then pretty much got elevated as a head coach right away um, for this brand new team um, that was run by two moms. Um, so that was, that was a fun experience. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know the moms you're talking about. And I remember, I like, I remember all this so much. Okay. Something that, because everyone knows that's tuning into this, that you're at the college level. So when you're back, can you like put yourself and put us back into like 2011 timeframe? Was there a constant goal that you just didn't tell people they were like, I'm going to get to the college level? Or was it, would you just like fall into these positions and without clear direction? I had no ambitions to coach collegiately. Um, wow. You know, I was pretty happy coaching at the high school level. Um, you might remember when I was at St. John's, I actually, I was the head coach, but then I found another coach, Christina Bassett. Yep. Yep. Um, and I was like, you take on the head coaching role. I want to be the novice coach. Um, cause I, I enjoy working with novices. Um, so that was kind of my passion at that point. And throughout all of my journeys, I, I never knew I wanted to coach collegiately until, People, what, 2017, 2018 were telling me I needed to get into collegiate coaching because that's where I belonged. Um, I was like, um, I'm pretty happy at the junior level. Um, so it, it really did not stick with me that I wanted to coach collegiately. That's wild. So you're just, you're kind of, you know, you're this young, early 20s guy kind of floating around a little bit. I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's, it, it sounds like you're, you're coaching high school, which doesn't pay a whole lot, but you enjoy it. You're working at a Panera. You're kind of just floating in these early 2000s. I think so many people can relate to that, Corey. I think so many people fresh out of college, getting into coaching, they float for a while, right? Can you give me any advice for them? So maybe someone who's in that position right now that really maybe works a side job and a hustle. I think the best thing is to, the more people you get to learn from, you know, those are the experiences that I will always look back on. Um, I did not know what I was doing. I knew I wanted to stick with the sport, but just being able to be around other people in the sport and learn from them is huge. Um, and I think that helped me just from location to location that I was at um, yeah. to learn um, and realize how much passion I had for the sport. Oh, so you, you drew your passion from seeing others right? Like seeing the older generations. I mean, Christ almighty, let's, you know, I kind of want to put a timeline, not a timeline, like a little stamp on this. You were with some former national team Olympians at Potomac in the morning. You're with random moms and dads of rowing, you know, of kids that are just new to the sport. And then you had Thompson's at the time had some pretty spectacular coaches floating around all day, every day. It was a great time, a uh, real opportunity to learn from everyone from there. You know, Eric, I, I think back Eric Gerke was over at Ireton. We would, you and I would see him every single weekend. Brent Keek was yeah, there. Yeah, now we're in the same spot again, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, small world. Uh, you know, and then I think like Mark Mandel was around there. Um, and then GW had Meyer. Uh, Georgetown still had Tony Johnson. I mean, they were amazing coaches kind of in your periphery every single day. I mean, it was awesome. And I mean, Riley was at Potomac and learning from yes. her and Mark Borschelt. Um, I mean, that time was, you know, I learned so much from Riley. So, and so, okay. So this is pretty interesting. So you, you spent, you, you, you were at St. John's. I remember that very well. What happens next in your career? Where do you go next? Uh, so I was reached out to start the collegiate program at High Point University. Um, we were just going into the season. Christina and I were preparing and everything. It was kind of like, all right, this is a full-time position. You're not going to have to work at Panera anymore. Um, will you come and help us start this program? You started the high school program. Come help us start this collegiate program. Um, 
I, I didn't know what I was getting into again. I just started grad school, um, online grad school at that point. So it was kind of like, all right, like let's let's take another adventure, see what see where this lands and everything. Um, the school was so supportive of starting a new rowing program that and like they had bought boats already and had a spot picked out and everything. So it, it was a fun um, kind of next transition point. Where so for people that don't know High Point, where is that located? Um, Central North Carolina, um, kind of Winston-Salem, Greensboro area, about an hour from uh, Raleigh-Durham. And you see a sign for it on 95 as you're driving down south. Like, like there is a sign for High Point. Yeah, no, I, The furniture I, I, capital I of the world. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Furniture capital of the world. <laughs> of course you would know that. So <laughs> High Point. Now, this is, this is funny. So this is what, 2013, 2014 you went down there? Yeah, um, basically fall of 2013, I think. Yeah, right. It's so funny. I know your whole career. Uh, so it's fall of 2013, high point. You're starting a new program. There's a million questions that go with starting a program. I'd say probably the only one I want to know is, hands down, what was the biggest challenge? What was the biggest thing you had to overcome or maybe the biggest learning experience you got from that those those times at North at um, High Point. I think the biggest thing was we worked out of a marina and they had marina hours that we had to work within and around class schedules because we were a club sport. Um, so it was I had thirty some athletes in our first season. Um, so we had the numbers. Recruiting was not difficult. But how am I going to fit these 30 people into, we had an eight and a four at the time. How am I going to get them on the water? How We did not have any herbs. You know, how are we going to train? What are we going to do? I'm the only coach. Um, so figuring out the logistics of everything. And, you know, it's a challenge to begin with. And then when you have to throw in, you know, 30 athletes, 12 seats, <laughs> how are you going to practice? Um, it, it was... A mess. <laughs> it sounds miserable. Um, I, yeah, like, you know, I, I think the, the common theme here, at least for the first couple of jobs you've had in rowing, you weren't in it for the money. That sure as hell is, is true. You just did it because you loved it. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, coaching is never a position that you're in for the money, I don't feel like. No. Um, I was just the opportunity to kind of make a difference with the sport. I mean, that's what I viewed it as you know, starting up a new program. I like that challenge. I like the idea of, you know, bringing the sport to a new school and see kind of where they take it from there. So you, you get, you get this job at High Point. How long are you there for? Two years. Now, did you, were you just like pulling your hair out of your head every day with, you know, two boats and growing program and marina hours? I mean, we, we kept on growing that spring. I had like 60 to 70 athletes on the team. Um, I found a fourth, I think it was from like St. Andrews down in Georgia that I bought an old Pocock four. We wow. needed something. Um, but I mean, my office, we, we were given the downstairs of the old theater building to train in. So I had my office down there. I got weight equipment from the rec center that I could put down there. I put herbs down there. Um, so it was kind of like we were just, we were a basement training team, um, which was fun. <laughs> I bet, I bet they love that, right? I bet the kids kind of like, you know, just got, got the energy from that being the underdog. I mean, they, we ended up renovating it. So they ripped up the carpeting and everything. Um, they were all into it, like making it their own. They painted it, put on like logos all, all over the floors and walls and everything. So it was, it was pretty fun. I mean, they really enjoyed that opportunity to kind of set the culture of the team and everything and set. Are they still, they're still a program? Like they're still. They're, they're still a program. Um, Jessica Mahone took over after me. She's not Colgate. Um, she was there probably two years after me. Um, I had just hired her on as my assistant um, when I left. And then um, their club team, but I've heard rumors that their women's team is going D1. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, um, but that would be great to see if that happened. So you're there for two years. Where do you go next? This is 2015 getting into 2016. What do you do next? Up next was Cleveland, Ohio. Um, <laughs> back into coaching youth. 
All right, so hold on. Let's 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 draw a map really quick. So we started in DC. You go down to Tampa, right? You take 95 down at two, route four, right? You go back up to DC, right? You're there for a couple more years, down in North, North Carolina, right? High point. And now we go all the way over to Ohio. So now we're moving into the Midwest. So what happens in Cleveland, Ohio? Yeah, you know, I was given, I was told, you know, we need someone to really take on this program. We have the opportunity to build like this 300, 300 million dollar boathouse or something. It was crazy. Um, the foundry. Um, yeah. So they really hooked me on. Um, you know, do you want to coach the junior national team? You know, this is a place you need to be. Um, so I was sold from the start, you know, let's do this and let's see where this takes me. Like that was kind of that first time, like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm actually decent at this and can go places. <laughs> maybe I'm decent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Be modest. Why don't you? Uh, how long are you at the foundry for in the Cleveland? Cause Cleveland, Ohio, I mean, geez, Louise, I've been there many times. That place. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's like, it's it grind city, you know, like everyone works their tail off. It's nothing like DC, nothing like Tampa. How long were you there for? I was there for a year. Um, you know, I got there. It was a great year, a lot of fun. I drew a lot of connections in the sport. Um, but you know, things were not as they per were portrayed to me when I started. Um, and it was just like, you know, I don't know if I can trust this. Mm -hmm. what do I what do I need to do um so I I started looking and ended up moving on after a year was that a hard thing to swallow for you like it, forget it, about being over promised and under delivered right but it's like you, you know at this point this is your fourth traveling experience I mean at, at, at any point did you feel overwhelmed did you feel anxiety sort of coming on to you like am I gonna make a living on this that was the move from North Carolina to Cleveland was probably one of my hardest moves and a move that I always look back on. Um, why did I move on from High Point? I, there was a lot of, of potential with that program. You know, I had a lot of success in the two years that I was there. Um, but I didn't know if there was room for growth. And, you know, I was, like I said, I was given, you know, a lot of promises and it seemed like too good to turn down. Um, so it was, it's always tough to look back on that. Did I make the right choice? Did I not, you know, what did that year, you know, how did it benefit me? How did it, you know, hold me back? Well, you know, I, I, I remember when you got that job at the foundry, now I'm thinking back on it because we finish line, we had sold them a lot of boats. So finish line had brought out a lot of boats and I remember being there and getting a tour of the building before it was finished, constructed. And there was a lot of talk about this is going to be the greatest rowing venue in the country. Um, it was going to be the best training and the best of this. And a lot of high hopes, right? A lot of high hopes for, for, for out there. Um, a lot of high hopes, but a lot of relationships that just were never meant to work out, I think, is what's always held them back. It's a good point. Now, where do you head next? Where do you, where do you go after Cleveland? I was back down in Florida, um, rowing director for Gainesville Area Rowing. Um, Dude, now I'm drawing this map. I'm drawing it right now. Now we're back down in Florida. Okay. Now you're, you're obviously driving, right? You're packing up your house and you're driving. So has it been the same car just making these trips or have you gotten new cars? Same vehicle. It's my, me, my dog, and you know whatever fits into my vehicle. I would never rent a vehicle to do any of my moves. It was kind of like, well, if this doesn't fit, I'll sell it. <laughs> Dog Corey in a car. I love it. That is awesome. So you go down to Gainesville, great area. Um, still in the high school market, right? Still focusing on the high school athletes, 6, 15 to 19, 18. Um, what was your fondest memory down there in Gainesville? Uh, I mean, you were was, there for a while. Like you were there for yeah. a while. Yep, I was there uh, about three and a half years. Um, it was a lot of great memories. You know, living in Florida can be fun, I found out, with the hurricanes um, and having to, you know, pack up all of our boats, take, find a place to store them um, and everything. I, I'd say my, you know, fondest memory from there was definitely my first year 
Um, I had two guys that came up to me basically my first day of coaching and they're like, we want to row the pair this year. Um, we'd like to see where we can go with it. Um, and you know, I was like, it's still the first day. I have no idea. I'm still learning your guys' names. We'll see what happens. Um, but as the fall season went on, I started putting them in the pair, putting them into the double, um, and they were doing really well. Um, so we kind of committed to that boat, um, and they ended up, you know, qualifying for nationals, um, and making it all the way to the B final, um, which was, you know, a great accomplishment for them at that time. You know, it's, you, you can never, you can never give the coach credit, right. But you, because it's, it's the rowers, right? We all know this. Like, you, you do your best as a coach. Uh, but to get a B final, that had to be one of your, your top accomplishments at this point because some of the teams that you worked with, I mean, you want to put them in eights, you put them in fours, but, like, you're going up against some pretty heavy hitters, especially in the D.C. when you were there for so many years. Was that one of your best results with your guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it had been, like, four or five years pre previous that before they'd really sent anyone, and it was always, like, C or D final. Yeah. Um, that they were in so you know to be able to get there and get into the b final it was huge um wow and, i mean it, these two guys like working with them they'd sit there and fight and argue in the boat the entire practice um which was entertaining uh we had a news store news local news station came out and did an interview and like that's what they talked about they they admitted they're like we, we sit here and argue in the boat but we're best <laughs> friends off the water <laughs> so you know gainesville I've been to that boathouse before. Um, it's not really a boathouse. I mean, it's you're, you're kind of in the middle of the state there in Gainesville. Um, what were some of the uh, harder challenges that you had to overcome in Gainesville? You know, our first year, um, we had a boathouse right next to University of Florida, and mm -hmm. then we sold it to them. Um, we had purchased land to build a brand new facility, um, but then we ended up moving to this, you know, county park. And, you know, putting our boats outside, building a fence around the boats, um, hauling our launches in and out every single day. Um, so we didn't really have a home. You know, we, our indoor facility where we had our herbs and weight equipment was a barber shop um, that we basically remodeled inside, painted and redid the floor and everything. Um, so, you know, it was a challenge of just the facilities that we had to use. Our boats are all older. Um, how do we make this work? Um, you know, coaching was also a very challenging part. Um, we were a revolving door of coaches. Um, usually it was like, who just graduated from college? Who can I get to help out that season? Um, you know, they'd move on after a year once um, they wanted to focus more on their studies. That's, so that's, kind of, that's the I never had a consistent. <laughs> yeah, the consistency is probably the hardest thing that most high school teams go you go through, right? You've got parents that swap out of the board every two years, three years. Most of the time, coaches don't stick to it, right? So you as a head coach are like, you know, you're sitting there with 50, 60, 70 kids, and you're like, I'm, I'm supposed to manage all this by myself. I got three assistant coaches who don't even want to be here. I mean, there were days where I'd have like 12, 15 boats on the water by myself and I'd be like, what's going on? U.S. rowing does not know about that. <laughs> hush, hush. Uh, so, okay. So you, this, you're, you're, you're never jumping ship. So I'm, I don't, I don't want to seem like what I'm about to say is, is a negative thing, but you're going from program to program to program to program. Like you're not really this is must, must be one of your most stable times, right? You're there for three and a half years and you still, and you told me that it wasn't until 2018, even later that you're like, I don't, I want to do college. Right. So you're kind of just, you're finding your way, right? Like you're just spending all of your late twenties, early thirties, finding your way. Is this where you now go back to the Midwest? Cause like I, I now I'm getting confused. <laughs> It was what, fall of two or no summer of 2018 that um, Adrian College started up their program, um, and I had interviewed for their assistant coaching position. Um, that was the time when everyone's like, "No, get into collegiate coaching. You belong there." Um, and that summer, I started to apply. Didn't really know what what to plan on. Um, if I'd stay, leave. You know, I, I was enjoying my time where I was, you know, yeah. there's no real reason to move on. Um, but the opportunity came to get into the collegiate rowing field and 
I had to jump on it. Everyone was like, don't turn down the opportunity. So you went to Adrian College in 2018? Yep, right as I started the program. You know, I, I hit the ground running. I was re out recruiting on Chicago Sprints that summer, 4th of July weekend, um, and just kind of ran with it from there. How long were you there for? I moved moved on in February, so I was only there for like six weeks, six months. Dude, what? No, you were all the way. We're, so Adrian's in Michigan. So you go to Michigan, right? And you're there for like four months, five months. Like what? I, if, if, if there's a bad reason, I, I just need to know. Like what got you out of Adrian? To What made you leave? You know, it, it was not the experience I wanted, um, just the environment, work environment. I was like, no, I'm not going to be happy here. Um, I, I need something else. Um, like mentally, I was like, I don't know, like I, maybe I'll stop coaching. Oh, um, wow. And it was tough. It was probably the, the roughest part of my coaching career. So your hardest move was North Carolina to Ohio. And then, then five, six years later, five years later, the hardest coaching time was at in Michigan in Adrian. Yep. What were you? I, I most people, most humans wrestle with these things internally nonstop. It's almost like an obsessive thing, right? So, what were some of the thoughts going through your mind? I'm, I'm assuming it was just like all the time, you know, like it was like a negative thing all the time. Um, and a lot of this, your experiences will go really well with other people in, in their position. Cause I, you know, someone listening or watching this is in the same position that you were in an Adrian, right? So what were some of the things going through your head at that time? I mean, I, I moved up there. I basically used what the money I'd saved up to move up there and I wasn't getting paid. And, you know, I was offered housing and food at the school. Um, that's, that's what I moved up for. And it was kind of like, okay, like here's, um, I'm using the money I've saved up to make this trip and see what it's like um so it was a lot of like you know I've just used up all my money like I was completely broke didn't know what I was doing um but I couldn't get another part-time job or anything because I was working you know 50 60 some hours a week um, at the collegiate level um so it was you know that that you know winter break was tough because I was like I don't have food our cafeteria is down what what's what's my step um but I was, you know I was like no it's not gonna get me down you know I'm here for the athletes I want to make it a good experience for them you know that I, I'd say the athletes you know really helped me push through that time um because you know I was there for them I wanted to teach them the sport that you know I'd given up my life for um wow. and wow. yeah what a what is I mean again these are these are things that I didn't know about you I mean why why choose Adrian though like if you knew the situation going in was for housing and food what made you want that position I love you know I, I loved starting up the program at high point and to get back into that and start up another program was something I really took to uh, it would be a you know a really enjoyable experience. I I felt like I really you know meshed well with the head coach there. Um, you know, really bought into his vision, um, so it was really exciting. I mean, their boathouse was amazing, um, and it seemed like it was just the perfect opportunity to kind of make that jump. Corey, if my if my daughter or son called me up and said, Dad. I'm like 27, 28, and I got a job, but it doesn't pay me anything except for housing and food. I'm going to go do that for the next couple of years. I would personally stop them from going, right? So, I mean, did you have anybody giving you advice to not do that? I had, I had some parents um, down in Gainesville that were like, why are you doing this? Uh, of course, like they wanted me to stick and coach their kids. Like they felt like that was a great opportunity. Um, they're like, oh, it must be you know, all this money that you're getting from them. You know, if we give you more money, you know, will that help you stick around? Um, and I was like, no, like I'm taking, you know, a large pay cut to move up here. Um, I'm like, it's not all, you know, people often think college athletics, you know, you get paid a lot and that's not always the case. 
You know, coaches no. don't do it for the pay. No, no. So now this is where you go further west, correct? Is this where you go? I just jumped, jumped a state over to Wisconsin after that. Um, <laughs> you know, a coaching friend of mine, um, I saw that he was heading back down to Florida. Um, and I was like, well, who's taking on your job? And he's like, no one, you should apply. Um, so I did. Um, and within, you know, two weeks, it was like, oh, going from not knowing what I was doing. You know, I was talking to like Virginia Tech, maybe moving out there. Yep. Um, and this opportunity came and they're like, yeah, you know, we want you to be the head coach of the program, um, see what you can do with our junior program. I was like, okay, you know, short, short lived time at the collegiate level, but, you know, I know I enjoy coaching juniors. And, and tell everyone, what's the program? Uh, Camp Randall Rowing Club in Madison, Wisconsin. Now, Camp Randall has a pretty awesome history. You know, back in like 06 to 09, those summers at Camp Randall, I mean, like they were winning everything. At summer, you know, summer nationals, Canadian Henley, like a dominating performance of like that U23, U19. And Camp Randall has a great boathouse, right? So you walked into like, Shangri-La compared to Gainesville, Florida, and some of the other places you were. What was your, what's your fondest memory uh, with those guys at Camp Randall? And I think just working with the athletes over the time, it was, you know, a phenomenal experience. Um, we had a lot of great athletes come through, like just, you know, the work ethic that, you know, you get in the Midwest, you know, these are your farm kids that just know how to put in the work. Um, and, you know, that really, left a mark on me, you know, seeing how hard they wanted to work. Um, yeah, I started out coaching just the men's program um, my first year. And I mean, Camp Randall was always eight scores. Um, that's what they focused on and they wanted to do small boats. Um, so we kind of took the program, um, changed it into sculling and small boats, which is something I did at Gainesville as well. Um, you know, I love sculling, I love the small boats. Um, so we did that. Um, the athletes really bought in from day one, um, which was great to see. Um, it was a tough time because, you know, after one year of coaching, you know, the pandemic hit pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say that that must have been 2019 and 20. So, yeah, you hit you got the pandemic, right? We right got away. we got through the spring that spring. So I moved there in February. We got through a spring season, um, fall season. And then that winter, um, the pandemic hit. So. It, it was kind of like throw, throw it all around, you know, I, I make one step and it's like, how do I reassess and see what we need to do next? Now, when you, when you made it to Camp Randall, you weren't having to work at Panera, right? You weren't, you didn't, this, the, you, you at, well, it was probably around Cleveland is when you were making enough money to survive, right? Or a high point, really, like you were being paid now as a, as a full-time coach. Yep. I worked at Panera through through my time at um, High Point. Um, and then once okay. I moved up to Cleveland, I dropped that. And again, this is for people who are in your position. Um, are, there, are there any regrets out of these, these moves that you've made? Has, has there, do you wish you could take anything back in, that, in these last 10, 12 years? You know, in the end of the day, no, because I've enjoyed the opportunity to, you know, make a difference at all the programs that I've been with, yeah. um, meet different people, make connections. Um, I think that's been huge in my career. Um, yeah, I'll always look back, though, to my time at High Point and wonder what it could have been yeah. if I didn't move on. Would, would I still be there, you know, 10 years after the program started? Um and what would I have done with the program? Um, you know, we often looked right away, you know, do we want to go D1 or do we want to stay a club sport? Um, so there was a lot that I was doing there, um, but I didn't know what the future held there. Um, but, and it's still like, what would the future have held if I would have stayed there? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, 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 I do listening to your story. I keep coming back to that high point, that, that, that transition, that hardest move you made. But now you're at Oklahoma. Okay, so pandemic, you, you, you make it through the pandemic, you survive as a coach, you survive as a human being, and this job comes on the market. Now, there's been a lot of moving, so the previous person moved up to Wisconsin, right? So 
<laughs> Hajo made his move up there, right? And now you guys basically swapped positions. Um, what about this program got you excited? Why do you? Why did you want to come down there and make a difference? Yeah, um, back when I was at High Point, um, Oklahoma City University was one of our main rivals um, on the men's side. Um, okay. So I took note of the program way back in you know, 2012, 13, 14. Um, and they were always in the back of my head. You know, I kind of be like one that I kind of pay attention to what they were doing over the course of the years. Um, and this summer, um, you know, I, I was not really planning on moving. I did, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere. I saw this, you know, job opening and I was like, okay, um, let, let's give it a try. Um, see where it goes. You know, I just come off of phenomenal youth nationals and different people were reaching out at the collegiate level to see if I'd be have any interest. Um, and it, it happened quickly. It was, you know, a couple of weeks time um, that everything progressed. And next thing I knew I was moving down to Oklahoma. <laughs> Car, Corey and dog. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> a misconception has always been that if a, if you're a high school coach, you can't coach at the collegiate level. Clearly, you're 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 changing that pattern. Um, do you like the collegiate level? Is this something that that how actually let me rephrase it? How much different is coaching at the collegiate level than the high school level? Day one, well, our first practice, I walked in, I was like, oh, this is a different atmosphere. Um, I was like, what am I doing? Um, because, you know, our team, we have half of our team is from Serbia. Um, so I'm half like coaching these, Serbia. you know, world-class athletes from another country. Wow. Um, and we're, you know, I'm like, we're hopping on the erg five by four minutes, increasing rate. Um, and just the, the entire environment, you know, you have high school and it's fun and it's energetic. And we're sitting there in the erg room at 5.30 a.m. And they're ready to get down to business. Um, you know, they're serious. They have this goal that they want to go and medal at IRAs in the men's four this year. We need to put in the work. Um, we have the head of the Charles coming up in a month and a half. We need to put in the work for that. Um, so it was, it was into a completely different environment and it took me a moment to really actually like think like, oh, like I'm not coaching juniors anymore. You're coaching, you're coaching, I want to say real athletes. You're, you're, you're coaching world-class athletes. Like you just said, and I think what, we have five athletes that were at the world, uh, world championships into the, in the last few years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, do you think you're, did you ever think you were in over your head? Did you ever think like, holy cow, am I, am I not ready for this? It, it took me a second to get, you know, adjusted, you know, coming in, it was Labor Day weekend when I moved down here, trying to, you know, get everything in order um, for the season. And um, it, it was kind of crazy. I'm like, just have patience with me. We're going to have fun. We're going to, you know, make fast boats and see what we can do here. Um, so, you know, it was a different environment, you know, any athlete that has a new coach come in, they're going to get adjusted, take a you know period of time where they're adjusting to you as you adjust to them. Now it's hard to, it's hard to see the future, but do you feel really comfortable there? Is like, is this your new home? Do you feel like this isn't going to be one of those, uh, you know, six months and gone, right? You feel really good. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things throughout the interview process here was, well, you know, you've moved around a lot. Why would we trust you to stay here? Um, I was like, you know, I want to get back at the collegiate level. Um, I want a position that I can stay at long term. Um, and if, you know, I'm only going to move if that's, this is the position for that. Well, you, um, just, you just turned 35, right? You're 35 years old. Yep. And it helps like Riley Dampier down here coaching the high performance program. Yep. I've known her since our days in DC. Um, mm -hmm. Eric coaching the juniors. Um, it, it made sense. Um, having those guys around, I was like, okay, like, I feel like this is a place that, you know, I could see myself long-term. You found a really good family. I mean, you're right, Eric and Riley. I mean, these are people that you and I have known for years and we all 
we all kind of grew up together down in DC a little bit. I mean, we had those learning experiences. Eric's about our age, right? And uh, I think Riley's a little bit older, but not much. Um, wow, I mean, you kind of found all points came to where you need to be, right? You're, you got the high point connection in a way, right? Because you're still in the same conference, so to speak. And then you got people that you know and have known for a long time. You're not just some guy in the middle of nowhere with no friends or family. Uh, Corey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really optimistic about OKC right now, University. I'm feeling really good about it. I think we have, we have a lot of promise here. You know, we have a world-class training center, um, everything that we could have at our feet and everything. And I mean, it's not every day you have college athletes that can train right next to the high performance team, um, which I think is a huge advantage for us. Now you've only been in the job for a couple of months, but you know, let's pretend I'm 17 and I just pulled 625 and I want to go to college somewhere. Sell me on OKC University. Why should I go down there? I think if you want the place that has all of the tools needed to be successful in your development, if you have high goals, um, you know, many of our athletes want to, you know, are training to be Olympians. Um, we have everything that's necessary to be successful. Um, we're one of the only college programs that will work in sculling and small boats as much as we do. Um, we spent the whole fall season in pairs. Um, so I think, you know, from a rowing standpoint, you can't beat it. Um, there's no other college team that has what we have to offer. Um, do you have uh, scholarships and stuff? Is there, do, do athletes get opportunity for that? We do. Um, we're, we have scholarships to offer our athletes and everything, which is great to have. Both men and women get scholarships. Um, and then they have the academic side of scholarships as well, which our school is really good with. Corey. This has been this has been an absolute wonderful time talking to you. Uh, we just just to just to bring everyone up to speed, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven programs that we're bouncing around, and you finally found home. Thirty-five years old, the head coach, men and women, OKC University. Uh, Corey, man, thank you for today. I had a blast. Thanks, Alex. It was good catching up. Now, everyone listening or tuning in, if you want to learn more about OKC University and all they have going on down there, check out. The links are embedded here. We can get you in, in touch with Corey, the head coach over there. More from us next week, and we're slowly but surely approaching episode 100. Thanks for tuning in.